You think that I'm running in place? Y'all really testing my patience. Right before I blow up the spot, I had to get back to the basics. What if my talent is wasted? You see, but I'm lacking a placement. Thoughts as I rap in the basement, but my come up is legend is greatness. Welcome to the Dennis Postema Show. I'm your host, Dennis Postema, and today we have a very special guest, Riley Jarvis. Riley, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Dennis. Honored to be on today. We're glad to have you. This is a this is going to be a fun topic because Riley is the founder and CEO of the Sleep Consultant. Riley, I want you to kind of go into what that means and let's kind of find out about exactly what you do to get started. Yeah, absolutely. You know, sleep is an interesting topic. And a lot of people know a lot of things about exercise and diet, but sleep is kind of the one that's neglected. I call them the three amigos usually, you know, diet and exercise. I'll go into my story very shortly, but just quickly to touch on that. Um, Diet and exercise, they take a lot of additional work, but sleep is something we're already doing anyway. So if we just optimize a few simple tweaks in our lives, you know, the Pareto principle, we get 80% of the results with 20% of the work. It's just one of those things that's so interesting. And that's one thing I discovered in, in my own life, probably about seven to 10 years ago, I was working in the finance industry. I went to school for finance, call it kind of following my dad's footsteps. And, you know, the hours were insane, sometimes 12 to 18 hour workdays. And everything was good, you know, like I was in my like early 20s at the time I was getting, you know, impressing my boss, everything was just going according to schedule. And then all of a sudden my health, my health started to deteriorate and you had to be on your peak mental and physical game in that job, like of all hours. And so that's why I relied on coffee and everything else. But one day I woke up and I just started getting brain fog and I started making these clumsy mistakes at work. I started losing weight. I was experiencing, um, you know, just forgetfulness. I was running late for work. And I did not know what was happening with me and nothing was changing inside of my life. So I was going to the gym more, was trying to eat healthy food. Um, needless to say, I was forced to quit my job because I just started to go downhill so quickly. And I kind of fell into this dark depression because I was collecting debt, bedridden, went to the doctors, a couple dozen specialists later, diagnosed with Crohn's disease, which is an autoimmune condition. Um, and it was kind of cool to know. It was like, oh, this is something that, you know, I can actually do something about. But it's also autoimmune, which is a little bit complex. And so knowing that I would have that for the rest of my life, you know, kind of put me down to the dumps at the time, the side effects and the medication they were giving me were actually making me feel worse. So it was at this, at this point, back against the wall. I didn't know what to, to trust anymore. It's severely stressed. I had to take health in my own hands. So it was at this point, every single, like probably a few hours each day, I was studying hours and hours. How does our body work from a first principles basis, like our hormones, our gut, you know, from a holistic level and how do all these different systems interact with each other? And then I started kind of putting the pieces of the puzzle together along the way, spending lots of money on private health doctors, mass mining with people around the world. And then I was able to put my Crohn's into 100% complete remission. And how I was able to do that was one month I had tried diet, one month I tried exercise, doing it the right way. And they all helped. But when I got to that sleep month, that is like when everything just started to skyrocket. Like the blood biomarkers improved. I was just feeling better. The focus came back to the point where just like a, a couple years later, um, I completely skyrocketed past what I was even before. Um, Crohn's went into 100% complete remission, was essentially healed. Conventional doctors didn't know why. You know, I went to another doctor like, yeah, you don't actually have Crohn's. You're okay. So I found that kind of interesting. But, uh, you know, so yeah, that's kind of what what started me on the journey of sleep. And I was like, wow, sleep is so powerful. So then helping friends, friends of friends, now, then it's expanded internationally to what it is today. Well, that yeah, that's... First of all, I can't believe, I mean, talk about a brother from another mother. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I started in the finance industry oh, wow. and when I was 20, yeah. um, I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis at, um, I think, 25. 
and I started in on my journey and specialist and everything else. So it's, it's so funny that um, now looking back, just starting to talk about it and the amount of sleep and whatnot. So I'm very, I'm very a big advocate about talking about this topic and, and how the sleep involves this. And so I'm excited. I'm very excited to be talking. So I don't mean to be getting all pumped up, but you know, I think it's, it's, we don't know a lot about the holistic approach. And usually it takes somebody being put in that position before we actually start to study it and somebody actually to do something about it. So I appreciate what you're doing. So let's walk through some of this process and and what it was like for you and how you help others. Because uh, like I mentioned before with the show, I didn't know much about sleep consulting at all. And I, and I, I think sleep is one of the things that people take too lightly I don't, you know, I know it's, it's like you said, health and fitness industry. I I mean, I am a certified personal trainer and health coach. And I can tell you, like, we talk about sleep very little. And then you mix and then you mix uh, success in with all that. And it just gets, you know, convoluted with kind of it's, it's one of those things get ignored. But I like that you said with the 80 20 rule, we're already sleeping or should be. And how, and the coffee thing, I totally get that, man. I, you know, all those late hours. So tell me a little bit about how it works and and your journey of what you found out and discovered. Yeah. Everything you said is completely bang on. And, you know, I was kind of what a lot of people are now, the people I start working with back then I was just consumed by the culture of, you know, I just wanted to make money and like, why would I sleep more and be unconscious, not being able to get anything done when I could be conscious. And even if I am tired, I'll just drink coffee and get on with it. And you're right. Like sleep is this thing that we just sort of put under the rug. And, you know, it's sort of like this hustle, hustle culture, like Gary Vaynerchuk back in the day, it's just like push, push, push in order to get ahead. But actually, you know, instead of covering those symptoms, like the reason why we're tired in the first place is like, it's more of a root cause that we have to get to. So opposed to covering symptoms with fatigue with coffee or, you know, being able to sleep with sleeping pills, if we actually get to the root cause of where is that coming from inside of our biology and our biological systems, then, you know, we won't manifest those symptoms in the first place. And that's where it's a much longer term solution. So for me, you know, going back first, it was just, you know, starting with the diet and it was really trying to understand like philosophically, how does our body actually work? And the model that I really like that stuck with me was our body, each of us are, are all genetically predispositioned. You know, we have a genetic, um, we have a nature and we have a nurture. So we have our environment, then we have our genetics. Everybody has different genetics, but what's really interesting is our genetics is what loads the gun. This is a cool analogy I like. Our, now, our genetics loads the gun, but it's our environment that pulls the trigger. So we could be born with genetics that aren't really that great, but if we if we have our environment only express the good genes, but not express the bad genes, then in theory, we're almost born with people with fantastic genetics. And that's what good environment does for us. Now, the environment can be many things. The environment could be, you know, different forms of stress that we know about. There's different forms of stress I like. So there's external stress, you know, deadlines, you know, bad relationships we might have with, you know, whoever, we're just getting to arguments. We, we, we're very well aware of those types of things, but the more hidden ones and the ones that I think are a little bit more detrimental, are hidden stressors. And these are the ones inside of our body. Now, if you think of a stress bucket, every one of our bodies has a big stress bucket or a small stress bucket. Now, if we add in all these external and internal stressors, eventually that stress bucket is just going to overflow. And now our body can never actually recover. And so what we're doing is our body is constantly in the state of inflammation, where it's trying to put out these fires where when we sleep, by the time we wake up, we're not actually fully recharged because maybe, you know, we were at a 
like minus five before we went to sleep. And then when we woke up, we just went up to like a zero instead of going up to like a plus five or plus 10, which we right. really need to really get our day started. So um, if we can really address some of these internal stressors, some of them, for example, like our, our hormones, our adrenal glands, our thyroid gland, you know, our gut, potentially we have parasites in our gut, gut dysbiosis, leaky gut, um, you know, our brain neurotransmitters, we could have, you know, not sufficient uh, melatonin or serotonin, 90% of which of serotonin comes from our gut, which is, you know, our happy neurotransmitter. Right. So there's just all this connection inside of our biology that's happening at the same time. And not to dive into too, too complex, but, you know, just from a high level view, once we can get to the root cause and get like, look under the hood of your biology to see what is actually going on. You can kind of think of it as like an upstream analogy. That's how I like to see it. So think of a stream that's going all the way to the top of the mountain and the stream starts in the mountain and goes all the way down into the ocean. If you, you know, we like to look at symptoms of like, where is the water coming down from where, where the ocean is down on the ground. But actually, if we get up to upstream to where those um, symptoms coming from and the root cause on the top of that mountain where the source of that water is, let's say if we were able to plug that now, almost just like a leaking bucket, now those symptoms will not manifest. So for example, somebody who is extremely fatigued, extremely tired, they're burnt out, they need like four or five coffees each and every day, but they're still not experienced, you know, they're just not getting any energy, no matter what they try, no matter what, you know, um, sleeping pills or, you know, Adderall or any kind of stimulus that they're trying to take. What ends up happening is our adrenal glands are so overtaxed and it's like whipping a tired horse that no matter what stimulus we're putting inside of it, um, our but just body won't respond on a hormonal level. Um, there's something known as the HPA axis. So we have our hypothalamus, which is a gland in our brain, our pituitary gland, which is in our brain. And then we have our adrenal glands, which is kind of, you know, in our mid torso. And these are always in constant communication with each other. And we also have our HPT axis, which is the hypothalamus pituitary, but our thyroid axis. So these are all just working with each other. But when there's a miscommunication between the signaling of it, or the total actual output is insufficient. So it could be total cortisol. It could be low testosterone for men. That's a big one. Uh, men's testosterone every year after the age of 30 decreases by 1%. And, you know, we're just exposed by so many of these endocrine disruptors, you know, from plastic water bottles and stuff we put in, you know, just on our, on our skin, shampoo, detergent, all these things just add to the stress bucket to the point where it becomes overflown. And the scientific word for that is called your allostatic load. There's just too much inflammation. Your body can never actually recover because it's just always in the state of fight or flight instead of rest and digest. And it's breaking down instead of building up. And if we can start to build up and really restore our body, it's amazing. Especially sleep is one of the biggest pillars of this. When you can actually use sleep to recharge your body, both your body and your mind, um, then you don't really need, you know, synthetic stimulants anymore. You don't need sleeping pills anymore. You just have this long-term clean source of energy where you can focus like for four to five hours, just completely on end. And it's, um, you know, however that manifests in your life, more money in your business, better relationships, better leadership, stuff like that. How, how do we, yeah. I mean, how do we take somebody who's in this, like we have a lot of entrepreneurs that are watching a lot of people who are experiencing burnout right now, experiencing the five to six cups of coffee. How do we first off diagnose where the problem is and how do we fix that adrenal fatigue or whatever they may be going through and what also do you suggest, like, you know, from a nutritious standpoint, do we, do we supplement it with DHEA or because of the testosterone levels? What, what do you suggest? So I guess those are, that's like three questions in one, but let's start <laughs> with the, let's start with the burnout and how we figure out where that is and what's going on. 
For sure. So anytime I work with a client, you know, all the systems are related to each other. And I like to think of it as like a Jenga puzzle. When you play Jenga, you start to take out these building blocks. But eventually, when you take out so many, the whole thing comes tumbling down. And that's typically when people will come to see me. Uh, but either way, what you want to do is uh, that I like to do is run um, about five to six core lab tests on people. So we want to be looking at their hormones. We want to be looking at their gut. We want to look at their thyroid. We want to look at their body's toxic load, the ability to make energy. We also want to look at food sensitivities. And we also want to look at their neurotransmitters as well. And then lastly, we want to look at their genetics. So total, we're looking at about 1,000 biomarkers. And then when we can see under the hood of their biology, we can see, okay, where are the weak links that is causing them to feel this way? And it's interesting sometimes when I get their lab test results back, we'll, I'll play a, a game with them where I'll say, okay, do you feel like 1 p.m. in the afternoon, you get fatigue here, but 5, 6 p.m., you start to crash a little bit. And then by the time bedtime comes around, you, you just can't even sleep because if you're water, they're like, yeah, how did you know? It's because a lot of the times the lab tests do not lie. But of course, we'll relate to how they're feeling. And that's usually always the most important indicator with what the lab results show. So how it looks like is, you know, I start working with a client. I will send these five different lab tests directly to their house via FedEx. So it's either a urine sample, it's a stool sample, or it's a saliva sample. Once they take those, they call FedEx. FedEx comes to pick it up. They go directly to the laboratory within a couple of days. And then within about three or four weeks, I'll get all the results. And then we'll have a virtual call and we'll just be talking to really to see what is going on under the hood of their biology. And then I'll also send them an aura ring to track their sleep every night because we're really just looking to make correlation and trends. And then we'll follow up and we'll just make optimizations. And typically like within three to four weeks, people are 50% better just because they made the right personalized tweaks. So it's not just sleep we'll fix, like that is a massive component, but we'll do like diet, exercise, you know, rest. Um, really what we're doing is just trying to lower the stress bucket, the internal stressors, especially because if we give our body the right inputs, it will give us the right outputs. It's just that we get in our way so much that our body just does not have, you know, the code to, to really just start feeling better again. It's just because, um, one other thing I'll say that's very interesting is our bodies tens of thousands of years ago in the ancestral environment, you know, think of our bodies back in the jungle you know, we would feel stressed if you we were running away from a saber-toothed tiger or if we were going to hunt prey, but then we would just go back to the tribe and then, you know, we would just relax. So there'd be these quick spurts of stress, but now with our modern environment, our bodies really have not changed much, but our modern day environment has. So right. because our body is not used to it, there's this mismatch and there's always this low level uh, hum of cortisol happening and it's caused, causing us to go into adrenal fatigue, um, adrenal dysregulation and, and things like that. So the first one I'll touch on is hormones. When people are adrenal fatigue, this is a big one, especially when it comes to sleep. Now, um, I don't want to get too scientific. People can always reach out to me if they, if they want to, but think of a graph. First thing in the morning, our cortisol is at its highest level and cortisol has an inverse relationship with melatonin, which is our master sleep hormone. Now, as the day goes on, our cortisol will start to go down, 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 down. Now, cortisol is a stress hormone, gets a bad rap sometimes, but it's actually good for us if it's used at the right time. And when we wake up, we want sufficient cortisol. So we have energy to get up, start going, you know, going through the day. As the night goes on, our cortisol will go to its lowest point around about 10 PM or so. And that's where, you know, we naturally feel sleepy. We don't feel stimulated at the same time towards nighttime as nighttime approaches and the sun goes down, our melatonin will start to increase, which will make us start to feel sleepy. Now that's in a perfect world, but for a lot of people who cannot sleep well or who don't do not have sufficient energy in the morning or even in the afternoon, you know, post post lunch uh, slumps, 
um, that is where the cortisol can be lower in the morning and it can be higher at night. So they're all jacked up and they can't get to sleep because their mind's racing and their body is racing. Um, and then in the morning they have no energy. And so as a result, they need coffee to do this. But if, if we're able to actually get this rhythm back in place, then they don't need to rely on coffee. They don't right. need to rely on sleeping pills to get to sleep. So that's one basic example. Other reasons, you know, blood sugar can be a, a big one. There's something known as gluco, gluconeogenesis, um, you know, our insulin, the foods that we're eating. But really what we're looking to do is lower the inflammation. So I'll address just this part one, what the problem is, and then we can go on like what can actually people do to fix it? You know, just basic things they can touch on. So that's kind of from the hormone point of view. Um, other things they want to consider now, keep in mind, we're trying to remove things from the stress bucket right now. Right now we're talking about internal stressors. Other ones is food, food. You know, we consume that all the time. I think that is one of the most important, you know, we have certain sensitivities to food. Typically we think of food allergies, you know, for example, eating like fish or, you know, peanuts or something like that. And we're, where we go into anaphylactic shock and that is something known as food allergies, but we can have something known as sensitivities where it's this low level inflammation that is causing our body to, you know, have these internal fires that basically what it does is all your system resources, which should be allocated for healing our body. It's going to, it's going to use all the same amount of energy to, to put out those fires opposed to, you know, resting and restoring and building things up. So that's why people can feel tired. The more inflammation that is inside of our body, because it's just, just more things to fight against instead of just being on this clean slate. So the foods we eat can be a big one. Now, everybody is different. You know, diet is like a religion. Everybody thinks one diet's better than the other one. What I can say is this is working with a lot of people working with a template instead of a diet is probably one of the best frameworks to work with. So how I like to do it is separate each meal you have into protein, carbohydrate, fat, and a seasoning. And if you can put each one of those on your plate, that would be great. So for example, you could have like a steak, um, a fat source could be like an avocado, a carbohydrate could be like a sweet potato, a seasoning you could have could be like, you know, Himalayan sea salt on your steak or something like that, or something that's healthier, turmeric or, you know, things like that. Right. And when you, you, and then the whole category is called, you know, paleo diet is, is quite good. Paleo autoimmune is very good. Sometimes people have sensitivities to eggs. It could be nightshades, could be, for example, like tomatoes, uh, potatoes, eggplants, peppers. It could also be, you know, FODMAP type foods. It could be, you know, there's something known as the gap diet. People could have issues with certain grains can be a big one. So like even brown rice, quinoa, buckwheat, you know, gluten and dairy are the big ones that we typically want to remove because this is, these are the big sources for a lot of fire that's right. caused um, for, from people's bodies. Um, but yeah, once we start removing these, then people just start to feel so much better. It's really interesting. You know, I'll work with people. We'll remove all these foods that are causing them inflammation in their body within three, four weeks these like uh, pains they were having from arthritis suddenly go away. Uh, skin issues they were having suddenly go away. Um, you know, trying to lose weight suddenly go away. Now they can sleep better. And it's just because food is just always causing these fires in their body. So it's not as much as we add in, it's more so what we remove. And that's why I like to remove the bad things first and then add the good things back in. Because think of a garden, we can't play, plant seeds in a garden that is full of weeds. We have to remove the weeds first and only then can we plant the seeds so we can have, you know, garden that flourishes. So that's kind of the same idea how I like to take to it. So that's kind of, um, we touch a little bit on the hormones. We touch a little bit on the food. The other one we want to consider is our, you know, thyroid gland, you know, things that we may have uh, 
pre uh, genetic pre susceptibility to where there right. are deficiencies. We weren't really want to screen that out of the way first. So it could be your thyroid gland. It could be, you know, a deficiency with a micronutrient that you have inside of your body. Um, it could be um, a few different things there, but the other one that I want to touch on to why we, you may have low energy is your mitochondria. It could also be um, inside of your body. You could have a lot of toxins inside of your body that is just causing your mitochondria. Now your mitochondria is your powerhouse cell. It's what sort of gives you energy. If you think back to grade 11 um, okay. science and um, a lot of the time they're actually showing the science now that your mitochondria is one of the most important pieces for your overall energy and how you feel throughout the day. And if you are constantly inflamed, think of the, a good analogy is think about a, like, let's say you're inside of a house and let's say there's a big gas attack that is happening outside. You, you instinctively common sense, you would close all your windows. You would, you know, you would, you would seal everything vacuum shut. So nothing would get inside. Now our mitochondria cells are very much the same way. If our mitochondria detects these, this inflammation or, you know, this um, certain level of stress outside of it, it will actually start to close all of its doors and will actually start to shut down and actually take away from our energy. And that's why when we need, when we have an environment that is healthy, that our uh, mitochondria actually responds to, it is going to start to turn on and come back online and actually start to work for us. Um, so that is just one thing to consider as well. So sometimes people need certain nutrients for these mitochondria to run. Um, whether it's diet, exercise, nutrition, um, but if it's not working as it should, and that's where you can run into potentially issues. Another one we want to look at too, is our body's ability to detoxify. So anytime we eat food, anytime we exercise, there's something known as oxidative stress. It's kind of like the garbage from any reaction, like any chemical reaction that happens in our body, there's always some waste byproduct from it, but where does it actually go? Well, in theory, our body should be able to flush it out of our system very easily. You know, it'll go through our liver, through our kidneys and out of our body through stool, urine, or sweat. But a lot of the time, if we do not have the right master antioxidants in our body to really bind to those things and get it out, they can actually stay there, get sticky, and actually make us feel worse. And here's just another internal stressor that could be adding on to this. Um, it's, um, the scientific word is called uh, glutathione is one. And while we sleep as well, um, especially during REM sleep, there's these garbage truck cleaners that come in during nighttime that's called the glymphatic system. And they actually kind of bind to all the toxins inside of our brain specifically, and they, they flush it out of our system. But if we do not get sufficient REM sleep, these garbage truck cleaners will not be able to come through and clean out all those plaques. And that's another big reason why too, you know, you hear Alzheimer's sometimes, people who, you know, on a, what Alzheimer's is part of it is where there's a plaque buildup inside of the brain. And, you know, for people who don't do not get sufficient sleep, this can be a big reason why. And like uh, Margaret Thatcher, I, and there was a couple others, they used to brag back in the day that they, they would not get sufficient sleep, you know, three, four hours, and they would use that as a badge of honor. They later on developed Alzheimer's. Now, whether that was genetically predisposed or some other reason, hard to say, but I think it's interesting either way. So there's yeah. that piece. And then the other one I want to talk about is the gut as well. Now our guts are extremely important. It's known as the enteric nervous system. It's just the, the second brain basically is what it is. It can function independently from our brain. That's how smart it, it, smart it is. It really has a system of its own. And any food that we eat basically goes into our stomach. Um, there's a lot of these, you know, different acids that go to break it all down, goes into our colon, goes into our intestine. We are supposed to absorb those nutrients. And then it goes out, uh, out through the body. Now there's a lot of factors that go into our body absorbing those nutrients 
and the waste being processed by that as well. Now, if we are always stressed, there's something known as gut motility. Gut motility is basically your muscles being able to contract that food out of your body. Now, if we are stressed and we don't have that, that food is going to sit there and rot. It's known as gastro, gastro putrefaction. And when it sits there and rots, we can actually reabsorb many of those toxins back into our bloodstream. Again, another form of a hidden stressor, and it's going to cause us to feel worse. And that's why we want this gut motility to happen in the best way possible. So stress is a big factor for that. There's a couple other reasons why. But if we look at, you know, our gastrointestinal system, it's not just our stomach. It's, you know, it's our small intestine, our large intestine, our colon, all these different areas happening at once. Um, whatever we eat food, you know, the food should go into these areas and our body should absorb those nutrients. But what can get in the way of that is if, if inside of our gut, we have gut parasites, if we have worms, if we have viruses and some of these other things, and this isn't by the way, just going down to like Mexico, Dominican Republic and drinking contaminated drinking water. And we get a parasite that way. This could be from our local grocery store, you know, in the, in the USA, if we eat contaminated fish or chicken, meat, poultry, that wasn't as cooked as it should be. We could have been swimming in the ocean, could have been swimming in a lake. And these can stay in your gut. I've seen literally for decades on end. Um, and what they do is they bury themselves deep, uh, deep into your gut intestinal lining and they cover themselves with a shield known as a biofilm. So just naturally by eating a healthy diet, it really won't be able to destroy these evil little critters. And what's worse than that is even if you eat a healthy diet, like that's why I work with a lot of people, they're doing all the right things. They're exercising, they're eating a healthy diet, like truly very healthy, but they're just still not feeling better. And a big reason why is because these parasites are taking the nutrients from that, the food that they're eating, stealing it all. And now their body doesn't have those building blocks for hormones, for our neurotransmitters. And that's a big reason why we can feel tired, why we don't have as much focus because we don't have sufficient dopamine, and why we don't feel relaxed and why we feel anxious before bed. So you can see it's just all these sort of reasons why. And we can also have something known as leaky gut, which is sort of these, you know, you can think of our gut as it should be tight, the, the walls of our, of our gut. But what happens with stress, especially gluten, there's something known as zonulin, and these tight junctions will start to become loose. Now there's these little holes getting directly into our bloodstream. So any food that we are eating causes an inflammatory reaction where these undigested food particles go into our bloodstream, our body sounds the alarm bell saying, oh, there's a foreign invader coming in right, right away. Inflammation comes in. And here's another big reason why and they, they, I've heard before and read a lot about this, that, you know, all inflammation starts in the gut and all disease starts with inflammation. And so you kind of have to follow that, that track down of like, where exactly is that coming from? And I'm, in my guess, the scientific literature is really going to be pointing towards the gut, leaky gut, of where a lot of these things are coming for people. Now it's a big range. Like you can be in sure. a disease state over time, but um, you know, more dysfunctional short term with people who just want to probably feel better, more focused, stuff like that. That is definitely one thing that you want to consider. And then lastly, uh, I would just want to touch can on I, genetics. Can I cut in on that? Yeah, how, yeah. How do you how do you first of all, how do you find the parasite? Yeah. How do how do you actually test and how do you find for that? Is my first question. And then I have another one after that. So how sure, do you yeah. yeah? So it's one of those tests that we send to people's houses. Okay. Um, which is the gut test. And it's actually a stool test. Um, so you basically do a stool test. Um, you just take a sample, send it to the lab. And then, yeah, they'll give you a whole report of every single, um, you know, gut parasite you potentially have. If it's a pathogen, it could be H. pylori, could be Giardia, some of these other ones, and also your gut dysbiosis. Um, and also your, any form of leaky gut that might be happening and overall inflammation inside of your gut too. 
Yeah, this are the, that that really interests me. And then you know the other part is I had would have an official. I would get infections in my urinary tract from my kidneys yeah. from um, constantly. I I fought that for like two to three years, which is why I had my last surgery so they could fix that. They took the muscle from my leg to actually fix that fistula. So that's wow. why I wondered. And so how do we? So realistically, if we don't fix the inflammation and start sleeping properly. Are we actually going into to disease mode and sickness mode? I mean, on the short term, not feeling good, but then I mean, long term health is what's going to be suffering from it. Totally. Yeah. You know, that's probably the direction you're headed. And, you know, we go back to, you know, loading the gun now. Do you have genetics that is prone to disease? Like, do you have, for example, in my case, do I have the Crohn's gene? In which case I was exposed to stress, which really just pulled the trigger. For me, it was just super early on, but for other people, it could be later on. But if you think of, think of like cancer, diabetes, heart attack risk, you know, cardiac arrest, you know, just high blood pressure, all these different things, hypertension, it just goes on and on. Um, we can all be working towards this point. Now, some people, you know, they can be following a bad diet and, you know, 70, 80 years old, and they still feel fine. Those are sort of the genetic freaks out there. And there's, that's like one or 2% of the population. Um, I don't want to hide that fact like that definitely exists, but for the majority of us, you know, we have to be following that healthy style so we can a healthy lifestyle. So we can express the good genes, but not express the bad genes. Yeah. Okay. So I just, I had to ask those really quick, go ahead with it. What you're saying about the final, the final one. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Yeah. There's a, I know it's so complex. I get kind of excited about this stuff. Um, the last one is genetics. So the genetics I like to do, we usually look at about five to 600 genetic biomarkers. And we want to look at, for example, what are the best foods that your body responds to? What is the best exercise that your body responds to? Like if you want to gain muscle, what is the best form of workout that you should do? Because we always want to get this matched to what your biology actually needs, not just guessing um, and throwing stuff at the wall and hoping that something sticks. The other one that's really interesting is 70% of the population is a night owl. They prefer, you know, late nights. 30% is a morning lark, they prefer the morning. Now, what's interesting is our environment today is pro, you know, pro morning, you know, waking up in the morning, going to work. And it's a big reason if 70% of the population is a night owl, but the majority of us go to work in the morning, that is going to cause us to have this mismatch and actually feel more tired um, in the morning and require more coffee um, in the morning as well. But if we can actually, for these night owls, if we can shift, if we'll, so we'll do a genetic test. And we'll see that they are a night owl, but we, they've been following a morning schedule for years and they swear they're like, um, you know, I'm, I swear I'm a night owl. I've been doing this, you know, for the last five, 10 years, uh, for as long as I can remember. But when we see the genetic results that they're a night owl and we now just shift their morning schedule a couple, a couple hours later, all of a sudden we get this match and all of a sudden their productivity improves, their focus improves, everything just starts getting better for them. So these are just some other interesting indicators as well, you know, just seeing people's susceptibility to stress, um, where, you know, foods they might be, um, uh, sensitive to, it could be micronutrients inside of their body. For example, I just worked with a client, um, massive cold hands, cold feet. They could not gain weight. They were just feeling tired all the time. Turns out they had hypothyroidism. Well, we did a genetic test and we could see that they're, um, genetically they were short of iodine. Now iodine is very important for a thyroid gland. So now we started supplementing them with some iodine, all of a sudden their hypothyroidism just suddenly started improving. So, you know, just some of these small tweaks, once you get these in place. It's fascinating. It's a, yeah, I'm, I'm like, I have so many questions. <laughs> yes. Um, so what, from the aspect of like, 
what if you don't technically you don't feel you have a sleep like so like i could have a coffee so this has got to be a problem i'm sure i could have a coffee at 8 30 and be in bed by 9 30 no problem whatsoever yeah. and be like try to sit up and like watch a, a movie or something with my wife or and i am just exhausted and ready for bed and i just boom i'm out no problem getting to sleep but i know that my quality must not be there if it's that being that tired at that time and being able to have so i i already know adrenal fatigue is part of my problem 50 percent of the time so what what does that mean when i if i'm if i'm easily able to crash when it when it's time but the quality i doubt the quality is probably that good yeah really good question you know some people um, genetically, they can drink coffee and they don't even feel its effects at all. It's probably about 10 to 20%. I would guess and you might be one of those people. You can be a, just a fast metabolizer of caffeine where when you drink it, it passes through your system quickly and you don't feel it that much. And that's why you can drink it before bed, still sleep. Okay. Not just be jittering all night. Mm -hmm. So that could be one component, but your sleep quality won't be there as much because coffee will stimulate your body. And so now your cortisol is going to go up your dopamine and adrenaline are going to go up. And just because it's stimulatory in sleep, our body has to be in a calm state, you know, calm brain waves, um, our body, you know, slower heart rate, but everything, if everything is just higher, then it's going to be harder to fall asleep, but also stay asleep at the same time. And that's why like any tracker you have an aura ring an Apple watch, a Fitbit, they're all good to track each of these things. You know, REM sleep, we want about 90 minutes, 90 minutes to two hours each night. Same with deep sleep. We want each of those. Those are some good indicators to hit. But you'll look at other things like heart rate variability, resting heart rate, um, you know, body temperature. What was the breathing like overnight? Just things like that. And then you can correlate it with what people were doing throughout the day. Yeah, this was going to be my next question is what do you suggest if somebody hasn't, you know, isn't ready to take that next step? What do you what are some general suggestions they can do to just get to that next level and to, and to, to start to get kind of like a system in place to start sleeping better, to at least do some general things before they like, let's say they don't take the next step, even though it sounds like really, I don't know why you wouldn't. But, um, but let's say they didn't, is there anything general that most people can do to try to figure some of these things out? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's all about self-experimentation and really just like, think of yourself like a scientist. Think, Think like with any new thing that you're going to do, you want to test, they want to do, scientists will do a hypothesis, right? So they'll test this one variable and they'll see like, okay, how do I react to that? So by journaling, when you're making each of these changes to see how you feel, that's a really good system and basic um, thing that you can start implementing. All these things we talked about the lab test, that is complex. And yes, that will probably get you the best results. Sure. But my, my number one thing I tell people is just make it very simple to you because if we add in all these things at once, then it's a lot easier to fall off the bandwagon. And so the first thing I would say is just, you know, removing your stress as much as possible. What does that look like for you? So, you know, can you get more time to yourself? Can you start doing yoga? Can you do go for like a light walk outside? Uh, can you reduce coffee? Be like by one cup of coffee each day. Um, can you just, it's called Kaizen where you make today best, better than yesterday, where you just, you know, baby step in the right direction. Even if it's just a 1% improvement each day, it, you're definitely going in the right direction. I think there was that book, Atomic Habits. It's like 1% improvement every day. By the end of the year, you'll be something like 38 times better or something like that. So it just yeah. goes to show you like these, these micro, um, improvements, just how, how fast you can get better. So for most people, like, let's say, 
you're an entrepreneur, you have a family, um, maybe you're working long hours, you have to wake up early, but let's say you're home around like five or six, you eat dinner, you have to put the kids to bed. Um, what can you do? Like think to yourself, what can you do to bring yourself from fifth gear down to first gear as fast as possible? So you could sit down, watch Netflix and drink a beer and try and settle down. That's one option. The other option you could do is what about doing like meditation or doing like a cold shower or doing like an Epsom salt bath where Epsom salts magnesium that relaxes you. Now you're in something known as active recovery instead of passive recovery. Now with that better recovery, you've downshifted into one gear faster. So by the time sleep comes around, you can fall asleep faster. You can stay asleep longer, stay asleep deeper without interruptions. Now you wake up with more energy and then you might not feel like you need coffee because you don't need it. It'd be nice to have me for the taste, but you don't rely on it to get through the day. So that's just kind of one simple example. You know, people can do supplements too. Um, you know, something known as adaptogens, things like ashwagandha, uh, rhodiola, holy basil, um, but also micronutrients like L-theanine is a good one. That's naturally occurring green tea. You can take GABA. GABA is actually a, a natural neurotransmitter. Whenever we drink alcohol, we get that relaxation feeling. That's our GABA being activated. So you can supplement with GABA too. Some of this stuff in the spray is great. You know, melatonin is good between 0.2 and 3 milligrams, not too much. Um, but yeah, back to the systems though, really just anything that you're doing here, just writing it down. Like, how do I feel today One on a scale of one to 10? Let's say it's like a two. Okay, then I started before I went to bed for the next week. I'm going to start trying to have a cold shower or meditate for 10 minutes before I go to sleep. Okay. Then the next day, you know, you did that, write it down. How do I feel? And if you see that number slowly improving, then you're working on something, right. And just focus on that one thing for like, make it this week's mission. Okay. Then once you get that down, then go on to the next thing, because it's just second nature. And after a while, all this stuff just naturally gets integrated to where it's just totally unconscious. It's like making breakfast, having a shower, brushing your teeth. And then you'll look back, you're like, wow, I just, uh, you know, you feel so much better, totally transforms. And, uh, you know, sometimes you don't even recognize yourself for, you know, for the better. Yeah, I love, I love what you're saying there, because first of all, I always tell everybody with their workouts and everything that they should always, um, they've got to really create their own, they have to know what their body, what everybody's is unique, right? So saying that, one type of diet or one type of whatever works for everybody is just we all know is crazy right because we all have different bodies different sleep different different genetics all those different we're eating different foods there's a million different reasons why you need to figure out what works for your body and it sounds like very similar with your sleep pattern i know that when i like do my victory journal and i plan my day the next day and kind of do that usually like I feel 10 times better. And that just automatically puts me into that because I, you know, I figure out my wins for the day and that just puts me in that state shifting down that I love that. I love that yeah. uh, terminology there. But so tell, tell me, Riley, how does somebody, how does somebody start the process? How do they do this? How do they get a hold of you? And, and what are the next steps for all our viewers who want to take the jump and go for it? For sure. Yeah. Pretty simple. They can just go to the sleepconsultant.com. Outside of there, I have a weekly newsletter that people can join uh, making three articles talking just about the stuff we talked about a little bit today. Um, I also give people the option they can schedule a free sleep assessment for 15 minutes with me where, we're, you know, I'll just create something customized to them. And I do obviously have paid programs, but really just want to help out as many people as I can. Uh, but if you really want to take it to the next step, we can get all these lab tests sent to your house. 
Um, anywhere in the world, I can get it there probably within three to five business days. And then we can start testing out your biology and seeing where the potential holes and weak links in the chain are that are causing you to feel fatigued, causing you to feel stimulated, you know, feel more stressed out than you need to be. And really just start reversing those dials. You know, there's a lot of anti-aging properties to all this too. Um, but yeah, if people really want to take to that step, it's all through there as well. They can just book a call with me directly. And that's the best way to get a hold of you, right? The sleepconsultant.com. Yeah, sleepconsultant.com. My direct email is Riley at thesleepconsultant.com. But yeah, people can uh, reach me however they wish. Wow, Riley, this has been so educational. Honestly, like I could talk <laughs> probably for another two hours. So hopefully we'll we'll get you on to inspire and we'll we'll talk some more and uh to inspire nutrition and we'll we'll continue this process because um it's a real thing. And I think it's, it's, um, undervalued. I think that we all, especially in the business world, um, you know, we got people who just don't appreciate sleep the way they should. And I'm one of them too. Like, I'm not, I'm not being hypocritical here. I, I, I need to work on it too. So for thank sure. you so much for being on our show, Riley. We greatly appreciate it. And uh, anything, yeah, anything else you want to share with the audience before we go? Yeah, that's really everything I touched on it. Like you said, we could touch, we could talk hours about this stuff, but I'll leave people with this is focus on the internal first and the external second. So if you have deadlines, if you have all these things that you have to do and you, you think, you know, health is your last priority. What about this? What about if you prioritized your biology and your health? Now your, your performance increases so much so that each, like each, each unit of effort requires each less unit of output for your body to use. And so now you're just living this effortless experience where you can get more done, but it doesn't actually feel like you, you were doing more. It's just, you had more clarity of mind, you had more energy and you're getting out, getting through the day without this need of having to struggle, you know, and as a result, you become a better leader, better spouse, better friends, and everything just goes on the up and up for a lot of people. So, yeah. I love it. Thank you so much, Riley. Again, we appreciate it. And everybody thanks, else, man. thanks for watching. Bye. Look, I am just a man on a mission. If I want it, then I get it. I go. And if you're trying to test me a beast, you gon' need Liam Neeson. The chance that you're taking is flagrant. You're testing your luck. If you think you'll make it out, then you're sadly mistaken.